Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. A lady named Christine said this, When we were young, my mom told us that our TV didn't get cartoons except on Saturday. It worked on my kids for a while until we got cable, but my grandkids have never believed it. <laughs> uh, this, a lady named Cindy said, my mom always told us the car wouldn't start or work until we were all buckled in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I found a list of 40 common white lies that people tell every day. All right. Here's the top three. I'm almost there. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, help us. Just watch for that lightning bolt coming out of the sky here. It must have gone into my spam folder. These are the top three. The third one, my phone died. It died. Sorry about that. How about this one? This was reported by someone who was scheduled to interview a candidate for a job. We had a candidate send a text with a photo of his car after he had an accident, which is why he didn't show up for the interview. He had mentioned in a previous phone conversation that he drove a truck, but the picture was a BMW. Also, the photo he sent was the first search result when you search Google for wrecked BMW. The final kicker, the photo was taken in India. (laughs) We emailed back with the visual of the search results, and he never responded again. Yeah. There was a little boy who had trouble telling the truth. His mom one day was exasperated with him and asked him, Son, what is a lie? He replied, Mother, a lie is an abomination to the Lord, but a very present help in time of need. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is from a blog post by Dr. Amit Sood. He's the director of research in the Complementary and Integrative Medicine Program at Mayo Clinic. He said this, Dear friend, we live in an epidemic of lying. Research shows that about 60% of adults lie at least once in a 10-minute conversation. About 40% lie on their resumes And 90% lie on their online dating profiles. He said, truth should always be the desired option. Truth, however, can taste bitter. When someone tells me, do you really want to hear the truth? Or let me tell you the truth, I often cringe. I cringe because here comes the deluge of bad news or negative feedback. If you wish to grow, I need at least a few people who can tell me the facts as they are. I will only have such people around me if I'm humble in receiving reality as it is. I should appreciate and adore the truth tellers, actively seek the truth, and correct my mistaken beliefs and actions. That is my only hope to be of greater value to the world. Dr. Sood said, may you have the courage to speak to listen to and accept the truth. May you be surrounded by people who listen to and speak the truth to you.
Amen. This message this morning is born out of a recent study that I have been doing on lies, the lies that Satan tells us and the lies that we tell ourselves and how to deal with those lies. And it is my prayer today that if you've believed a lie that Satan has told you, or if you believe any lies that you're telling yourself, you will have the courage to confront those lies and break free from their vice grip on your life, because lies will put a vice grip on your life. And I just want to give a plug for life groups in that I'm hoping in the fall to do a life group on this topic. So if it piques your interest, see me later. Here's my text for this morning. John chapter 8, 32. You could probably quote this with me. I'm sure you know it. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So where did lying really come from? We know that lying didn't come from God. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. And Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. And Titus chapter 1, verse 2 says, in hope of eternal life, in which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. So aren't we glad today that we serve a God who does not and cannot lie? Amen. Well, where was that first recorded lie in Scripture? It was actually told by Satan. John chapter 8, verse 44 talks about Satan, and it says, Jesus said, He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So how did all this get started in Satan? Why did he choose lying as the way he operates? What is a lie? A lie is a falsehood with the intent to deceive. It's a twist and turn of the truth. And if it's an epidemic, which it is in America, why do people lie? Because, I mean, it happens all the time. Why do people lie? Sometimes you lie to protect yourself from being punished. As a child, (laughs) children do this. Hmm, I did not do it. I didn't do it. No, someone else did it, not me. I didn't do it. You could lie to keep from being embarrassed. You could lie because you want other people to think better of you. For people who lie repeatedly, sometimes it's because they want to be in control. Or some people may worry they won't be respected if others find out the truth about them, so they lie. Satan didn't start out as a liar. He was created to be a beautiful, anointed angel, but then something happened to him. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 14 says, You were an anointed guardian cherub. 15, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. Verse 17, your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So I cast you to the ground. He didn't start out as a liar. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 says, and this is speaking of Satan or Lucifer. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the lowest depths of the pit, Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, 
who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. Wow, you started out way up here, but something happened to you, Satan. Pride got into your heart and it destroyed you and then you took up lying. Satan lost his place of prominence in heaven and he was relegated to the earth. But then God interrupted Satan's domain. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. That was a wake-up call to Satan. Why? Because he had been sent down to the earth to have dominion over the earth. And all of a sudden, God is saying to his creation, no, guess what? You have dominion over the earth. Guess what? You are made in my image, and you've got a place now, and that is to have dominion on this earth. So Satan says, we got trouble. We got trouble. Satan's world was threatened, and into the world that he thought he had control over stepped a man and a woman created in the image of God. They were God's image bearers. So Satan devised a plan to corrupt God's children. Have you ever heard this said, or maybe you said it yourself? Don't mess with my kids. Any mamas in here? Don't you mess with my kids. I I saw a sign that said, you mess with me, no problem. Mess with my kids, I will show you all kinds of crazy you never knew existed. (laughs) I'm just thinking about getting that to hang in my house. Don't mess with my kids, because you know what? For parents, I can take a lot. You all my kids, we're having war here. This is how it works when you have kids. So Satan was, had decided to deal a blow to God himself by corrupting his children. He said, if I can't get to you, let me speak in the Holy Ghost now, I'm going to get to your kids. Oh, this is why we have to be so vigilant as parents to stand in the gap for our children. How did he do it? He lied to them. That's how he did it. The first lie recorded in scripture is Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning, and now he's appearing as a serpent before them. He was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He appears before Eve and starts having a conversation with her. And the first thing he does is ask her a question. And so this morning, I want to show you Satan's progression and the lie that he he told to Eve. Why? It's the same progression that he will use on you. He mixed the truth with a lie. That's where he started. He mixed the truth with a lie. He said, has God said you cannot eat of every tree? He presented Eve with a question. And then he engaged Eve in a dialogue, and she became confused. By the end of the conversation with the serpent, she's like, wow, I don't know if I even remember what God said. I'm so confused now. What's happened? This was Eve's first mistake, engaging in a conversation with Satan. That was her first mistake. Then verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, well, you will not surely die. He then told her a flat-out lie. First thing, he mixed the truth with a little bit of a lie. Then he started telling her a straight lie. He contradicted what God had said. He said, no, you're not going to die. God had already told Eve, if you eat of this tree, you will die. Satan was saying, God is not telling you the truth. Sin has no consequences. Do you think you can 
trust God to be honest with you, Eve? Oh, yeah. This is the same progression that Satan uses today in the world. He starts out with a little bit of truth. He mixes it with a lie. Then he gets you to question God's integrity and God's character. Is this really what God wants for you? Is this how God's going to work in your life? Are you, are you ready to take all that? Then the third thing, verse 5, for God knows, he's, this is what he said, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He mixed the lie with the truth. He told a lie. Then he sold her the lie. He said, if you believe me, your life's going to get better, Eve. So hang with me. Lying is Satan's native language. It is the language that he speaks. Why do you think this was, this exchange was recorded in so much detail in Genesis chapter 3? Because this is the very tactic that Satan used on the first man and woman, and he is still using it today. This is how he operates. It is his most powerful weapon. It's lying and questioning the word of God. Can you see why I said thank you for that song? Because it was a perfect lead into what I want to tell you today. There's a lot of lies that are going to come against you, and they're coming straight from Satan, or they could come from your own mind. But I want to challenge you today to lay down the lies and believe the word of God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul warned the Corinthian church. He said, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The apostle Paul is looking at that church and saying, I'm warning you. Don't be a fool. The same tactic that Satan used on the first man and woman, I'm worried. I'm afraid that he's going to use it on you and your thoughts are going to come away from the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter 2 says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Then uh, King James says his devices. We're not unaware of his devices. So I've come today to make you aware of his schemes. I'm standing up against his lies. That's my whole job today is to stand against his lies. If lying has, is at an epidemic level today, could it be that Satan has lied to you? His mission of destruction began in the garden, and it continues today. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, wake up, be vigilant, keep on it, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour I've spent way too much time talking about Satan, but I'm trying to lay something out for you here to wake you up this morning. Your total, complete destruction is Satan's primary goal, and his main weapon is to get you to believe his lies. Well, what's the problem with that? Believing his lies have both immediate and eternal consequences. If you buy into Satan lies, Satan's lies, it will, it will conform you to his image instead of the image to Christ. It will limit what you can do for Christ in the world if you begin to believe his lies. He will confuse you and you will stray from the word of God if you believe his lies. So I'm fighting for somebody this morning to say, wake up, wake up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes why to steal, to kill and destroy. But thank God, Jesus said, I came they might have life and have it more abundantly. It is not God's plan for bondage to be in your life from the lies of Satan. So, so far our message has focused on the problem, but now I want to turn you toward the solution. 
First John chapter three, verse eight says, he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose. The son of God was manifested. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. So I came to tell you this morning that there is hope. If you have chains in your life, if you believe lies, if you believe things that are not true, guess what? There's hope. There's no power that's alive in the world today that's more powerful than God and his power. Why? Because he came to destroy. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Satan knows who you are. He knows you are chosen. Hallelujah. You are accepted, adopted, and appointed. Satan knows that you are valued. I'm taking these right from the scriptures. He knows that you are justified. Hallelujah. Reconciled, redeemed, and righteous. Satan knows that you are free from condemnation. You are wholly sealed and complete, and you're completely forgiven. He knows it. He knows it. So what's he trying to do to get you to believe that you're worthless, that you're unloved, that you're ugly, that you're stupid, that you're unacceptable? This is plain language, but this is his job. And how many of us have fallen prey to these lies that you're unforgivable, that you're dirty, that you're unhappy, that you're a failure and you're not good enough. So how does Satan gain an advantage over you? He masks his thoughts as your own thoughts. When you hear the thought, it's in your own voice, in your mind. He cannot read your mind, but he watches you to determine your specific struggles. And then your struggles and your weaknesses, your past hurts and your failures become the raw material for him to craft a lie and plant it in your mind. Because his whole goal is your destruction. He wants you to think, that thought, it was my thought. But I'm here today to go, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You don't have to outmuscle Satan or outsmart him to be free of his influence. You have to out-truth him. That's the only way you can win, is to out-truth him. Here's an example of how it works Let's say you make a mistake, and we all do, and this is how your thoughts start. I'm so stupid. Did you ever say that? Why did I do that? I'm so stupid. But then the next thought is, man, I can't do anything right. Then the next thought is, I'll never change. I've been in this pattern for too long. Am I telling you the truth? This is the thought pattern until it finally goes to, in a moment of despair, everyone would be better off if I weren't alive. This is exactly how it works. Every one of those statements is a lie. Every one of them is a lie. And each of them are more deadly than the one before. The danger is when we agree with the thoughts and we make them our own. The title of my message this morning comes from something that was said by the famous revivalist D.L. Moody. This is what he said. The best way to show that a stick is crooked is not to argue about it or spend time denouncing it, but to lay a straight stick alongside it. How do you know if a stick is crooked? You can't argue about it. You can't denounce it. You have to lay a straight stick alongside it. 
Our minds have been flooded with lies. And this morning, we've got an illustration here of a crooked board, a crooked stick. I'm going to show you some of those lies that have come against our minds. And I feel confident that when I say them, there are some of you today that have had these thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm rejected. I'm condemned. I'm insignificant. I really don't matter to anyone. This is a crooked stick. I'm too far gone. I don't think God could love me after what I've done. I'll never figure this out. I'm powerless. I just can't take this any longer. I can't. I can't take it any longer. I'm all alone. Have you ever had these thoughts come against you? Even if you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, Satan doesn't leave you alone just because you've got the Holy Ghost. His attack goes up. I just can't help myself. I can't trust God to take care of my needs. I just don't believe God hears my prayer anymore. That's a crooked stick. Those are lies that have come into your mind. Is it possible that you've said these things to yourself that you could have believed a lie? Is it possible that Satan mixed a lie with a little truth and brought it to you? So you're measuring your whole life by a crooked stick. This is how you're living out your life by thoughts that are off. They're wrong. You are seeing your situation through a distorted lens. If you accepted any of these lies, then your life is bent. But listen, here's the good news. God's word is the only straight stick. What does he say? Because he cannot and he does not lie. So can you trust that whatever word is said in here, it would be truth? And let me tell you what those truths are. You have great value. You have the mind of Christ. You are accepted and you are justified. And that's the truth. I could give you a scripture for every one of these truths. You are important. You are God's greatest treasure. God's love for you is unconditional. It does not matter what you have done. If you ask for wisdom, you will receive it. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. He has not forsaken you, and he has not left you. And guess what? He has heard every prayer you've ever prayed, and he answers them. Hallelujah. That's the straight stick. That's the truth. But Satan's whole agenda is to flood your mind with lies to warp you and limit what you can do in your life and for God. Now, here's how to figure out if you're believing a lie. Sometimes we struggle and we wonder if a lie, if a thought, is this from God? Do you ever have that? Is, it, is this thought from God? Or maybe this is from the world. Is that just my flesh? Have you ever had this little conversation going on with you? I think the devil told me that. Have you ever done this? Here's a little way to know if the thoughts you are having are from God. When you have that thought, at the end of the thought, attach in Jesus' name to it. Ready? Let's try this. Ready? I'm such a loser. I'm powerless in this situation in in Jesus' name. Do you feel the tension? I'll never figure this out in Jesus' name. Do you see how it doesn't even make sense? (laughs) Things will never change in Jesus' name. What's the truth and what's the lie? Take the name of Jesus and pump it at the end of that thought in your mind. And if you feel that pushback, guess what? This could be a lie. (laughs) This could not be truth. Let's try this one. 
I made a mistake, but I know that God forgives me when I ask. Did you feel the authority of that? Did you feel the authenticity of that? Why? Because when we attach his name to the truth, it gives us confidence that we are on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about this? I can do. Say it with me. All things through Christ. How? In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. I can do. Is it? No, I'm powerless. I'm weak. In Jesus' name. No, I can do all things through Christ. How? In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Do you feel the power and authority in those statements? It's because you're speaking the truth. Is there anyone here today who has felt the bondage of Satan's lies in your life? And I have fought over this message for you because guess what? We're pushing on him today. As I've been preaching, has there been something that clicked in your mind and said, wow, I think I might have been telling myself a lie or I think I might have been believing a lie from the enemy. Is there anyone who is feeling the need to break through? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) I thought it was tongues coming on, but I don't think it was. Is there anyone who's feeling the need to break free from a lie? Then how do you break the power of a lie in your life? You have to recognize the enemy's true identity. Guess what? He's a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. And if he's opened his mouth, it's a lie. And what is his agenda? That is to destroy, to steal, and to kill. So you have to recognize the lies. And if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the meter to detect, is this a lie? You have it inside of you to figure out, is this truth or not? And then you have to say, you know what? Enough. Just put your hand out like this. No. Enough. That's enough. That's enough of you taking advantage of my family and making me believe a lie. That's enough of the ground you've gained in my children's lives. That's enough of ravaging my finances. That's enough of me feeling depressed and worried and overloaded. No, that's enough. That's enough. Why? Because I have truth and this is what works. Not your lies. Hallelujah. You can accept the lie and make it your truth, or you can reject it and push it out of your mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, one of my favorites, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You've got to bring it down. You've got to confront it. You've got to say, no, I think that's a lie right there, and I am not having it for my family. I'm not having it for myself. Hallelujah. And then you have to replace the lie with the truth. Don't just reject it. You've got to go, no, then what is the truth about this situation? I want to show you this, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, and this thrilled me as I was studying it. You know these verses. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means his methods, his craftily framed devices. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle, come on, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities against lies, against powers, against lies, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against lies, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That is where the battlefield is. 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. In that verse, the word word 
is actually rhema. And rhema is a particular word that the Spirit brings to you and you own it. That is rhema. And the sword of the Spirit, stay with me here, that brings the word to you and you own it, that is the weapon that you fight with. That becomes the sword. Not all of this, but the rhema which comes to you and you go, no, that is the truth. This is the word of God. Let me give you this little illustration, and I've shared it before. A couple of years ago, our family had gone through a few things, and it was kind of a weird time in our lives where it wasn't just me dealing with some issues, but it was Alyssa and Marcus. All three of us at the same time had some things that were coming against us, questions that we had, some issues we had about our finances, and it just so happened that at the same time, all of us were walking through difficult times. I could feel like I was drowning, and I felt for my kids, God, how are we going to work through this? What, how are you going to help us? Lord, we need your help. We need you to work. We need situations turned around. We need you to open up jobs. We need you to help. We need you to do things. It wasn't very long after that, and the pandemic started, and I was just like, God, what is... My mind was just like assaulted. How are we going to keep it together? God, I've been a single mom for almost 18 years. These were the thoughts that were coming against me. And now, and now you're going to abandon us and leave my kids? Uh, that's a lie. But can you see how Satan, he doesn't wait for you to get on the mountaintop before he attacks you. He waits till you're down and then he's kicking. And all of a sudden, I could feel that assault, and something rose up inside of me, and these old verses that I have known since I was a child became a mantra. I laminated them and put them on our refrigerator. Philippians 4, 19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I put it up on my fridge, laminated it. How about this one? Psalm 37, 25, I was young, and now I'm old. That was true. I have never yet seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I've never yet seen it. Not one time. I said, Lord, where do you want me to put these verses up? He said, Diana, put them on the refrigerator. There will be a constant reminder in your life that my word is true for you. I'm here to tell you that God has absolutely taken care of our family in the middle of a pandemic, provided scholarships and jobs, opened up opportunities that we did not even see coming. It was the absolute provision of God in our family. Why? Because every day I went, well, I'm young. I was young, but now I'm old. But guess what? You've never let us down. I'm not going to believe a lie that we're going under. I'm going to believe the truth. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As I close this morning, and I've really prayed about this, I want to identify four lies. And I felt as I prayed to find these four specific lies, that these would be lies that somebody in this congregation has believed or is believing right now. But I want to challenge you, if you can have the courage to confront the lie, we're going to out-truth Satan this morning. Amen. Here's the lie. This is an impossible situation. And it cannot be fixed. I felt like there's somebody here today that is just up against it. And you said, you know what? This is impossible. It cannot be fixed. That's a lie. But here's the truth. God can fix any situation. 
Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it's not possible. But with God, there's the truth. Amen. In Jesus' name. Here's, the next, here's line number two. I'll never do anything significant with my life. I just can't find my purpose. I can't get this figured out. There is an epidemic of that in the world today. And on graduation Sunday with these graduates who are looking toward their future, I want to speak truth to you and to every person in this building. God has wonderful plans for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of our all-time favorites. For I know, the Lord says, the thoughts that I'm thinking toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you future, a future and a hope. If you have children right now, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, who are floundering and do not have direction or their purpose established, I want you to speak this over them right now in the name of Jesus. Their destiny is set. Their future is determined. And God has great plans. Come on, somebody, for their life. And I refuse to believe that my children have no purpose. I refuse to believe that my children would be lost and not serving God. I refuse to believe that. Why? Because God is thinking about my children with a future and a hope for them. And that's the truth. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How about this lie? God won't forgive me or God won't forgive me this time. Did you come here today with that feeling? I just don't know how God could ever forgive me. Well, guess what? That's a lie. The truth is God will forgive me when I confess, I repent, and I ask. He will. There's nothing, nothing you've done that's too low. You're not too far gone. (laughs) There's nothing that's pushed you so far from God's presence that you can't get back. Nothing. In the name of Jesus. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, you can have complete confidence that the moment you open your mouth to say, God, I was wrong, I'm sorry, his spirit is flooding to forgive you. And here's lie number four. It doesn't matter when I come to Christ and experience salvation. I've got plenty of time. I'm afraid that's a lie. It does matter. The truth is, it does matter when I come to Christ. 1 John 1, 9, in acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Amen. If you'll stand with me. Is there anybody here today who's heard some of these lies in your mind? I dare say all of us have. (laughs) I have. I dare say everybody here has. Why? Because it's the oldest trick in the book. It's actually the oldest trick in the book. (laughs) It's the first trick in the book, people. (laughs) It is the oldest trick in the book. It's Satan's way of maneuvering into your life to limit and hold you captive. Oh, but I came to declare freedom today. Hallelujah. You can't outthink him. You can't outtalk him. You got to outtruth him. So I want to make the altar call this morning very specific. Is there anybody 
in that first lie, you feel like you're facing an impossible situation that you just can't fix. Is there anybody that would be honest this morning? I'm asking you to come, and we're going to have people come and stand and pray with you. Are you up against something, and Satan has told you, this is not going to change. This can never be fixed. Is there anybody here this morning that's against a, a difficult situation, and you felt that come against you? Let's be honest and say, you know what? I've got to get that out, and I've got to find my way to some faith this morning. Oh, listen, you got to start pushing those lies out and believe truth. That's good. I I commend you for your courage. You can feel like things are never going to change. That's a lie. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here who's struggling to find your purpose? You just can't figure out what's next. It might be a young person, but it doesn't have to be. It could be someone who's up in their career or trying to figure it out. And you're like, I don't know what's next for me. I don't know how to figure out this situation and find that next step. Hallelujah. Have you believed a lie that said you're not going to figure it out? I want to come against that today. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you will find your purpose and God's plans are good for you. Is there anybody today that might be dealing with the weight of your past and you're like, I need forgiveness, but I just don't know if God can do it. Is he big enough? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's great enough to forgive anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His blood is strong enough to conquer any sin. Hallelujah. It washes it completely white. Is there anybody today that wants to come and say, I'm looking for God to forgive me? And then maybe there's somebody that you're, you've been holding back. You're like, I, I think I'll wait till next Sunday to find salvation, to repent, to be baptized in the name of Jesus, to receive the Holy Spirit. You might be believing a lie that says you've got all the time you need. So is there anybody here today that's like, you know what, today's the day. Hallelujah. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.